I think we're gonna, we'll see some things here tonight that will be a blessing. And it sets the stage kind of for the rest of uh, the book as he lays out uh, a whole lot here. Um, normally, I don't have just a few pages, but uh, I got to looking at it and it, that was 12 fonts. So I increased it to 18 and I got about 17 pages. So, no. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, is spoken unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Father, have your way in our study tonight. Lord, exalt yourself. Help us to see who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it's only going to take us a, a few weeks to get through the chapter, but it'll probably take us two weeks to get through the first two verses. <laughs> there is so much absolutely loaded in these verses. He starts out in verse number one the way it should, God. The word is theos, it's a plurality. Uh, when you use plural, uh, you're talking about them. When you're talking about singular, you're talking about him. But it is a plural word used as a singular. It's called plurality in unity. It's the same word in the very first word in the Bible, God created the heavens and the earth. That word was, it's the word theos. It means supreme deity. It's the equivalent of the Old Testament Elohim. That plurality in unity. God is a plurality. He is a trinity. But yet there is only one God. But yet we'll see how he breaks this apart. God never tries to prove himself. You can't go and find a description of God. It just, you simply must by faith believe. He just exists. That's what the word uh, Jehovah means. A self-existent one. And so what we're dealing with is the same thing. Uh, he just is. And that's why Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's why a lot of scientists and educators and people like this, they get so frustrated, they can't figure it out. You can't figure God out. You're not going to be able to. Uh, if you could do that, you'd probably be God. <laughs> and I don't see too many that can figure that out. You just simply have to accept the fact that he is. God is the initiator. So from the very beginning of Hebrews, he lays this whole plan out. He's the initiator in creation. He's the initiator in communication. He's the initiator in salvation. People say, well, I found the Lord. I was looking for the Lord. No, you wouldn't find him without him looking for you. He's the one that initiates salvation. He's the one that initiates and gives you faith to believe in him. He is the initiator of all things, of love. Uh, we first love God. Why? Because he first 
loved us. He's the initiator of forgiveness. We would not forgive uh, would it not be for God. In Isaiah 44 and verse 6, it says, I am the first and I am the last. And beside me, there is no God. Now listen to that. Beside me, there is no God. Yet as we go in this, in the next few verses, you'll find out there's a different statement that we'll explain when we get there. He says, God who? God's the one that is speaking. And God is the one that has spoken. He's revealing himself to mankind. It's not Peter or Paul or John's word. Uh, you go to, to these different books and we have their names on the, on the top of them uh, as Matthew. It's not the book of Matthew. Uh, you read the first line in the book of Matthew and it says, this is the book of the generations of Jesus. Matthew didn't even enter into it, but he's the, he may have written it down, but God is the one that titled the book there. So it's God that's, that's speaking to us. But here he begins already to separate the Trinity. He separates the Father and as you'll see, from the Son. They are individual personalities, yet they are still God. He is distinct persons in this Trinity. Now, it's important to understand that because remember the last time I, I, I opened this up on Hebrews, I, I don't want to confuse you, and I, I may have said it's not written to Christians. It's not. It's written to Christians, Jewish Christians. It's written to those that may be in the process or debating on whether to become a Christian. And it's written to those that are total Jews. I mean, staunch Jews. Wasn't written to the church at all. This book was written to the dispersed Jews. The church does not play any part in here. Gentile is not even mentioned in the whole book. It's to the Jewish people, and that's why these certain things that he says are of much more importance and has a much more dynamic thrust when you're a Jew that is reading this than, than a, a Christian in a church. It is applicable to all of us, but yet to understand it, you're going to have to understand that this was written to the Jewish people. So he says, God who at sundry times, at different times, comes over a period of 3,600 years. It's, it's piecemeal. It's bit by bit. He gives this portion. He gives this portion. As pastor was talking about Micah, you have a portion here that God gave Micah, and here maybe six months later, another. And then over the period of that book is a couple years. So it's the same thing when he's speaking the word of God. He said it come in sundry times at different times all through the scriptures. Here's Isaiah. Here's Jeremiah. Here's the books of Moses that he wrote back in the beginning. Uh, all of these, it's piecemeal, bit by bit. And that's why he says in Isaiah 28, 10, he says, for the precept must be upon precept. 
precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. God does not give us the whole word all at once. You have the privilege of holding in your hand in the entire word of God that he wants us to know. They didn't have that. They were getting a piece here. They were getting a piece here. And they would read them and they would study them. And then there would come another one and God would send another prophet. And they would write down some more. And little by little, over the course of 3,600 years, stop and think, how old is America? <laughs> 3,600 years. The word of God was being given. And that's why he lays this foundation, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners. And I want to draw your attention here. The diverse manners, that's different methods, different ways. For example, with Moses in a burning bush or in face to face as he confronted uh, Moses face to face. The tablets of stone, we, we know of the Ten Commandments. He spoke audibly to Samuel here. Joseph, he spoke to him in a dream about his father and his mother and his brothers bowing down to him. You have the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, all of these different men. He spoke to them through dreams. He spoke to them through visions, through revelation, through the clouds and pillars of fire as they would come down upon the tabernacle and, and God would speak to them there. Lost men. He used lost men. Cyrus, he said, I want you to go build my temple. Pharaoh and his dreams, like the, the, the dream he had about the famine and God sent him a prophet to interpret that for him. Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the great beast, the, the head of gold, which was Nebuchadnezzar, and then the, the chest of brass, which was the Greek uh, empire, and then all the way through the whole vision, it was, it was given to a lost man by God. Belshazzar, with, when God came, and just with the, the image of a hand, not the body, not the arm, just a hand, and writes on the wall. He spoke with an, through an animal, uh, Bel, or, uh, Balaam's ass. That was quite a, I, I can't imagine speaking to my dog or a horse or something like that. It'd just give me the willies thinking about that. I'm telling you. Joseph's dream when he was warned to flee into Egypt. God's word coming to man in diverse manners. Peter's vision when he let down the sheet. Paul uh, went through the voice and a bright light on the road to Damascus. John, by revelation, in Revelation 1.1, he says, God gave that to him. Paul, it says in Ephesians 3.3, 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. You say, well, what about today? God does not speak except through his word. People say, oh, God... God said this. God told me this. Sometimes I know what they're saying. God spoke to your heart. But he, he said, when they come to him in, in Luke and they said, uh, you know, send, send uh, Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brethren. He may testify unto them. 
He said, no. He said, but, it, but they'll listen if somebody comes from the dead. They see a miracle. And he said, no. He said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. God does not speak to us audibly and with visions and dreams and stuff. He speaks to us through his word. And if his word's not enough, you wouldn't believe if it was a miracle or anything else. So we have to get in the book. And it shows the emphasis on the word of God and how important the word of God is. And that we have and know this is the word of God that we hold in our hand. Not just something that some Bible company has put together and, and retranslated in order to make money. You can't copyright the King James because it is God's word. But all these other Bibles, you copyright them because they're making money off of them. And we'll not get sidetracked on all that. But one of the things that, that, that just... In 1 Corinthians 13, 10... As I was thinking many times about what, you know, does God give us more now? And he said in then verse number 10, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. The revelatory gifts, how he was giving man the word of God. When the word of God was complete, he said those stopped. So if those stopped, he stopped. So you have people coming and they say, well, you know, God spoke to me, you know, and, and they come back from the dead and, and I was on the operating table and all of this, that, and the other. And they say, oh boy, you know, I, I met Jesus and I come back from the dead. No, they didn't. Why? God doesn't do that. I've read testimony after testimony and you have this guy that sees exactly the same vision going through this tunnel, sees the bright lights, floating above the operating room and all this, that, and the other. He comes back and he said, I saw it all, tells them all about it. Give me a beer. He'd been just at the feet of Jesus? I don't think so. I think he's been under morphine and under all that other stuff. And that's why they're all having the same similar visions and they claim many of them to be God, but you have so many lost people saying exactly the same things. So God says, if you don't believe the word of God, you're not going to believe these other things either. So don't take that for your foundation. Take the word of God. Notice God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past, or unto the fathers by the prophets. He said in these last days is spoken to us by his son. He spake verbal communication. God created man for himself. And God is trying to. Now listen to this. God is trying to communicate to man. All throughout history, God has been trying to communicate to man. Listen to me. Don't just pick this up and say, well, that's cool. No. God, almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, wants to communicate with you. 
And this is the method that he has chosen to do that. And that's why this study is so vitally important. And you shouldn't miss one. Uh, if it's possible, don't miss one. Because God has so much in here for us to learn. He spoke. He wants to communicate. Why? It's totally for our benefit. God didn't need it at all. He knows everything anyhow. He's omniscient. He's spoken, he's trying to communicate for my benefit and your benefit to help me, to instruct me, to help you, to tell you how to live, me how to live. He wants to bless us. So what's he trying to communicate? His grace. 2 Peter 1, 2, or 1 and verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. He wants us to have his knowledge. When we get that knowledge, when we study the word of God, he said, I'll give you more grace and more grace and more peace and more peace. We need peace and grace in this day and age, I guarantee you. We're not going to get it on the news. They're not going to give you grace. They're not going to give you peace. But you're going to get it from the word of God. 2 Peter 3, 18, he said, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He wants to give us that grace. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Christ. He wants to communicate who he is to us. And you see that through Jesus Christ. Face to face with Jesus. God is trying to communicate who he is so that we can know him. God wants us to know about his son and who he is, because when we know about Jesus, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. To know about his love and his grace to man, even while we were yet sinners. To know the gospel so we can be saved. To know his will and how we are supposed to live. He said, notice in time past, he's referring to the Old Testament period. Back in Isaiah's day and Jeremiah and Moses, all of that in time past, God does not real, real, reveal everything to us all at once. We couldn't handle it. That's why I think it, the indwelling Holy Spirit only reveals and, and illuminates a portion of the Word of God at a time. How many times have I read the Word of God over and over and over, and I'll be reading and I'll say, I never saw that before. Why didn't I see that before? I couldn't have handled it, and the Spirit of God wouldn't let me see it. He wouldn't open my eyes to it because he was dealing with something else in my life that I had to take care of. Once I took care of that, now God says, now you're ready for this. Now you can handle this. So don't, don't, if you can't get everything, that's okay. Don't get discouraged. Get what, you, what God gives you and then apply that and then grow. And as you're growing, 
I'm telling you, it, it's going to be exciting because God begins to reveal over and over. Some people, they're shocked when I say, you know, I've been a pastor. Well, I went to ministry in 77. So you can do the math. I learn almost every week from my son. You say, why? Because I wasn't ready for some of that stuff, even as a pastor, even as a missionary. And God is feeding me through my son. You're always learning. God is always helping you grow. It's for our benefit. God is trying to communicate to us. Don't get to that point and say, that's it. I had a guy over in Spain. He said, man, I can't learn any more from the pastor. He said, I know, I know more than a pastor. What an idiot. He's not learning from the pastor. He's learning from God's word. And he don't realize that, what the, that he's not ready for any of this stuff. He is a very shallow, shallow Christian. The Old Testament is all about the Redeemer concealed and the New Testament is all about the Redeemer revealed and just compartmentalize that all these things that's why he was showing Paul a mystery behold I show you a mystery we should all sleep we all be changed in a moment twinkling of an eye he said I'm going to show you a mystery Jews and Gentiles worshiping together <laughs> it was unheard of why? It was concealed in the Old Testament, but when Jesus came, he said, now it's time to reveal these things. Notice he says, unto the fathers. He's not talking about our church fathers. He's talking about the Jewish people. Now, those before Abraham, you talk about Abel and Seth and Job and Noah and all these guys. Were they not the children of God as well? It didn't just start at Abraham and Israel coming on the scene. God's people has been there since Abel. All of these people down through there were God's chosen people. And God was trying to reveal himself to them. How? He goes on, he says, by the prophets, by Moses, by David, Jeremiah, all of these. They were speaking physically, but it was not their word. It was God's word. If you and I, if you, if you say, okay, I want you to write uh, this, this down or the events that happened here, uh, I'd probably write something down and you'd probably write something totally different. You men, I guarantee you'd write something different than your wife. <laughs> we would probably say it happened. And they would go on for paragraph after paragraph explaining all what did happen. He used the different personalities of these different men to write down his word on parchment and paper. And then as you look at all, not one disagreement, not one contradiction. It's an impossibility without the divine intervention of God. So, they were speaking as a prophet, but it was not their word. It was the word of God because God was the one trying to communicate to us. Now, did they listen? Huh? Talk to me. No. 
They were pulled out of their nation. They were bought in captivity. God's punishing them over and over. Why? Because they didn't listen to the prophets. They didn't listen to God's word. They may have said, well, this is Jeremiah's word. This isn't God. Wait a minute. Be careful. God's been trying to communicate with them and they didn't listen. God is trying to communicate with us. Are we listening? Are we really hearing what God has to say? Notice he says in verse number two, half in the, I can't believe it. I got done with verse one already. Half in these last days, this is the New Testament period of time that the Jews have many of them on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 there, another 5,000 in another place. And all of a sudden the persecution comes and they're killing them and they have to flee for their life and they're going all over. But when they're going all over, if, if I'm not saved, but my wife is saved and I got to flee because they're going to kill her, I'm fleeing with her. I ain't leaving her home. So now you've got a saved person and a lost Jew. You've got some that the church and the people there have been witnessing to that have been really wondering, should I get saved? Should I not? If I get saved, my people are going to shun me. The Jews are going to cast me out. It's going to be like I'm a traitor. And they were sitting on the fence. Some of them may be saved, but afraid to take that step of faith. And others, I, I, I probably need to get saved, but I'm just not sure. That's who he's writing this to. The dispersed Jews. Saved, on the fence, and lost. But they were all Jews. He says, he hath in these last days, in this New Testament period, spoken unto us. He's writing again to the Jews. By his son. That is one of the most powerful statements in the book. He has spoken unto us by his son. They did not believe that God had a son. You talk to Jews today, and they, that's one of the first things. God has no son. Over and over when you witness to Jews, that's the first thing they'll bring up. He's the living and the written word, both his son. Now, Amos 3.8 says, The lion hath roared, who hath not, or who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken. Uh, we better listen. Uh, I don't know how many of you ever been around to where you could hear a lion roar. But when you're out in the bush and out there on the safari and everything and you get out there and that lion roars, I mean, it just sends the blood just down your spine. It just, there's something about it. It just grips you. He says, the lion has roared. That's God. So when the lion roars, you better listen. And that's what he's saying here. In, in John chapter, or excuse me, the, the, this whole first thing, the first issue that we could talk about is what did he say? 
What did the son say? Now, we could go into a lot of things about uh, the son, but he's saying he's greater than a prophet, than all these prophets before him. He's going to speak truth because he was there in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was there. He can testify firsthand knowledge. So that first issue is what did he say? So as you go through the word of God, John 1, 17 says truth came by Jesus Christ. John 17, 17, thy word is truth. John 1, 18, no man has seen God any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. He's given us this truth. God's trying to communicate with us. Just bottom line. He wants to communicate with us tonight. If you will get the importance of studying his word and reading his word, what's his message? Why is it so important? God clearly lays it out for us and he wants us to pay special attention to it. It's a message from God himself. You know, we watch TV, we read books, we know the stats for sports, and, but yet we don't know the basic truths of the, of the Word of God. If I asked you to make a demonstration right now, come up and tell me how to get to heaven, lead me to Christ. I dare say the majority, even in our church, could not lead somebody to Christ. I just, that's just experience. I've been in church after church after church. What is the greatest, most important thing that we have and responsibility? And yet we can tell you who, which quarterback got hurt on Sunday. We can tell you who the quarterback was for the team won Super Bowl last year. Yes. For some of you lower class people, that's the Chiefs and Mahomes, amen, <laughs> who lost on Thursday. But what am I trying to say? We don't think the Word of God's that important. I'm talking to Christians here. We do not think the Word of God is that important. We study all the stats for work. We know when the deer come out. We know what, how to lure them in. We know all the different things about it, all the everything. And we can't even lead somebody to Christ. Because the word of God is just a book. We're reading the message, but we're not getting the message. And that's what he's telling the Jews. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Everybody out there had ears, but they weren't listening. What's more important than giving the gospel? I, I just don't understand people that, you know, they don't come back to church on Sunday night. They stay at home. I don't know what program they're watching, but they, they don't come on Wednesday night and, they, and they're off work and, and the, the word of God's not important to them. Now, amen or oh me. 
And we've got to get serious about this thing and really get in and find out what is God saying. Uh, I'm gonna, am I going to be held more accountable for, for my job or the people I've led to Christ? Am I going to be held more accountable to, by God for the, how big of a bank account I have or what my house looks like or all this? Or whether I know the word of God and I've obeyed the word of God. You see, our priorities are out of whack. It's not, it's not Biden. It's not Trump. It's not these guys. Their priorities are out of whack. But ours are misplaced. And we've got to get serious about this. He's communicating to us who he is. His deity, his love, his holiness, his judgment, his righteousness. John 12, 48 or 49 said, the father which sent me, he gave me commandment that I should say and what I should speak. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners has spoken in time past unto the fathers, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. You think we ought to listen to what he's saying? You think we ought to get serious about what he's saying and find out really what is the message? What does he want from me? John 15, 15, all things I've heard of my father and have made known unto you. He made them known to us. Hebrews 20, 12, 25, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped, who, or escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? In the same book here, he in, starts it with a warning. We need to listen carefully. And he ends the book. How are you going to escape? If you don't listen to the one that's speaking, Jesus Christ. The life, the message, the person of Jesus is how God was revealing himself and his will to us. They did not listen and were judged by it. We have got to listen because Jesus is coming soon. The second issue is the son. Jesus is unveiling the father's full and excellent glory of God. The manifestation of his holy name and the essence, the very essence of who God is. His heart, his love is coming into the world unveiled to us. The very heart of God and how much he loved us. And the sacrifice and the holiness and the person of God. He is the living word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. You see God here. And now you see the Son here. He has distinguished a, two persons in the Trinity already in the first two verses. In Proverbs 30 and verse 4. Who hath ascended up into heaven and are descended who hath gathered the wind in his fist, who hath bound the waters in the garment, who hath established all the ends of the earth. What is his name? And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? 
And they cover this up. They don't want to believe that God has a son. But right there in the Old Testament, it prophesied that God would have a son. The issue has always been, who is Jesus? Is Jesus the son of God? Let me share a few testimonies from the Bible about what the Bible said, who Jesus is. The Jews give testimony. In John 19, 7 and 8, the Jews answered him, we have a law and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. His works testify of him, Romans 1, 4, and declared to be the son of God with power. According to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. His, the word of God testifies of who he is. In Matthew 1.20, he says, That which is conceived in her, in Mary, is of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is, is God. So he is the son of God. His disciples testified in Matthew 14.33, Of a truth, thou art the son of God. John the Baptist testifies and I, in John 1, 34, and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And then the high priest exposed the whole plan, the whole purpose behind their persecution and everything. He settles the issue. He said, tell us in Matthew 26, 63, tell us. Whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. That was the issue. Are you the Son of God? And then Jesus testified. That's why the people heard Jesus claim to be the Son in Matthew 27, 43. For he said, I am the Son of God. Jesus Christ said, this is who I am. Now listen to me. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoken to the prophet or unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. The very son of God. God says, I want you to know so bad I want to communicate with you so much that my son is going to tell you who I am. He's going to show you what I am. He's going to give you the mind of Christ, the mind of Almighty God. You're going to be able to see what God thinks about everything. But do we listen? He's speaking through his son, Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. If he's speaking to us in this book of Hebrews through his son, Jesus. If it's that important to him to communicate to you and me. Don't you reckon we ought to show up for the meeting? 
Don't you think Sunday night might be an important time as pastor teaches and preaches the word of God? That he gives us what the son says? That he gives us what the prophets say? I can't imagine missing a service. It just, it kills me. When I, I mean, I would go many times when I had malaria. I'd preach when I had malaria. Why? The word of God is so important. He's trying to communicate to us. It's that important. That's why missions is so important. Without the word of God, they can't get saved. Why? Uh, salvation comes by hearing and hearing by the word. How, how vital is the word of God to you? Do we just spend our five minutes in the morning? Poof, like the magic dragon, we're gone off to work and off out in the world. And we don't think a thing about it anymore. Or do we go into the word and say, oh God, reveal yourself to me. I challenge you. Take any gospel you want. Okay? Any of them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And this week, just start out. And whenever you start reading, it, it may be just, you may be just one verse. <laughs> and you see something about Jesus or what Jesus said or what Jesus thought or what he taught or, or what it was referenced to him. And you, write, you make some notes. And what is, how does that affect me? I did this the other day in just Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 1. And I think I've got four pages of notes. Just in the fact that this is, this is his book. And that he's the son of Abraham, the son of David. Four pages, I had to quit. I w my mind was exhausted. It was just, and I, you could go on and on. You don't have to put four pages. But if you will just start, and you will begin to go through, and you will, you will pick out the things that is about Jesus. What does he say? What is his mind on this? What is his thinking? What is his purpose? What is his reasoning on all of this? What is it? It is God speaking to us by his son. And oh, I'm telling you, it'll open up a spiritual world that you, you cannot imagine. You don't need all these visions and dreams and stuff like this when you got the word of God. And it will get so exciting. I just... I. It's a good thing I'm retired because I, I just, I, I, I just, I can't hardly quit. There's just so much, so much there. Get your little notebook and the Bible. That's all you need. And just start taking some notes. Don't have to be one line, three, four words, whatever. And then just start and just start working your way through. I honestly... Now, I am for reading the Bible through a year, and I, I do it all the time, sometimes two, three times a year. Uh, depends on how I'm doing all this and studying all this. But I would rather you take two verses and find out what it says about Jesus than reading through a program and not have anything when you shut the book. How many of you are like me? 
Have you read through, well, this is how much, three chapters, whatever a day, and, and I've read through it, and I get to the end, and I close it up, and I say, what in the world did I just read? I'd rather you take one verse and look for Jesus. And when you find Jesus, you find God. And when you find God, he can change your life. Amen? Do you listen to his word? Do you know God's word? How important it is to you? Father, Lord, do we really know what you have said to us? Have we really searched and read diligently. Lord, even though the fathers didn't believe, help this to be an example to us that we need to take special precaution. We need to take special attention to the reading and studying and searching the Word of God. Lord, they were offended by the Word. They didn't want to learn. Lord, thank you for those in this church that want to learn your word, that want to know what you say, that want to know what will please you. Lord, help us now in these days to be students of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm not going to have an invitation tonight. There will be times when I do as the Spirit of God leads me. But I wanted to give you this information. I want you to think about it. And go back and, and, and try to do that. Just every day, just a little bit. Whether it's in the morning, whether it's at night, 